there a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. Mm. A doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. And he's on time, so we don't have to take a shot of silver. That's the thing. If he's late or, on, or barely getting here, that's part of the new silver hydrosol drinking game, thanks to our friend Steve Feld. Dr. Raja Batar, man, I can't tell you how great it was to see you hang out with you this weekend. You actually look terrific considering all the things you, you were going through. In fact, you talked about in your lecture uh, on the main stage. Well, um, I'm not sure. Is that a compliment, the, the way I looked uh, or the way I was going through? Or Well, way better looked, than, um, I'm, than I remember you. Way better than okay. I remember you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We've known each other for a long time, Robert. <laughs> what is that? Dude, you know, years? you're a good-looking guy, I have to say. The only thing that we've got that's better looking here is way better looking than both of us combined is Liana Werner Gray from the Earth Diet. Oh, thanks. All right. <laughs> yeah. How are you, Liana? Good. How are I, you? I, but... Your presentation was your presentation was good, so I think Robert was like, "Why was it so good? How was it so good mm-hmm. this time? You know, what did you do differently?" Well, uh, I think that the topic itself lended to being, since it's a powerful topic anyway, and generally speaking, I think audiences resonate with with talks regarding that particular topic, the topic of how the mind works, how to control and optimize your thought process, how to um, maximize the use of uh, emotions, the subconscious, the reticular activating system control mechanism, all these different aspects that play a vital role in the ultimate success versus failure in outcome, whether it be chronic disease, whether it be business, um, spiritual, family, educational, financial, whatever the, whatever the topic is. In other words, whatever the arena that you utilize these tactics, you're going to see a profound benefit. And I think that, that, that the topic itself mm-hmm. is something that people gravitate to. Um, that's, that's my feeling, at least. Uh, I think of, gravitate to those steps. Up. Dr. Batar, one of our uh, watchers now, not just listeners, we have watchers, too, on YouTube here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Uh, so, Mini Nikki says, I miss Dr. Batar. Did he tell you all what the secret to stop fear was? And you, you took on the fear topic even head-on in the uh, uh, panel discussion as well. Yeah, well, you know, there are many different ways of dealing with fear. I think the first and foremost component is that since fear lives in the mind and since it's an illusion, false evidence appearing real, uh, one of the things is to show it for what it really is. And the best way to do that, you've got this little guy inside you, everybody has him, you know, that talks to you and tells you why you shouldn't do this because you, for whatever reason, because you don't have the physical characteristics or the, it takes on the loving connotation of a mother or a grandmother and, oh, honey, you can't do this. Whatever it is, fear tries to prevent you from doing something mm-hmm. or motivates you to uh, do something that otherwise you wouldn't have done. So when 
when something happens that elicits fear in an individual, my recipe, my first and foremost recipe to eliminate it is to move immediately into it. Mm-hmm. Move immediately into res- into uh, resistance, because what we, uh, what generally what we fear, you know, we, we resist. Um, there's an old adage: what we what we resist persists, but what we fear, we resist. And what we resist persists. So the first and foremost thing I believe one should do is to move with alacrity through that fear, because what happens is once you get through the fear, once you get to the other side you find that little naysayer is still trying to argue with you or convince you or the whichever connotation it's taking, whether it's the caring grandparent, um, it's trying to convince you that you shouldn't take that particular action of moving into fear, and then you're already through it, and you're smiling saying, I'm already through it. And what happens is fear just dissipates. It just you know shrivels up and vanishes. It just evaporates. It, there's nothing left because you've already moved into it. Let me ask Liana if she had some fear and trepidation coming to America from Australia for the first time. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, well, I'm saying wow to both things. Yeah, so um, was there fear coming to America? I mean, not really. I felt pretty comfortable, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Well, what was the scary part of what you went through? Because you told the story the scary of part, Okay, the only scary part about coming to America that I think really, really sucked was this. What? They told me I had to get an injection oh. to be able to be a, re- a resident here. And because I didn't really, you know, know this voice at that time, mm-hmm. I just went along with it. And I was like, ah, oh, I really have to do it. Had I known now, I would have communicated in a certain way and not got the injection. But I was, like, forced to get an injection. Well, that's an appropriate uh. fear, though, isn't it, the vaccines? Yeah, but that whole fear thing, just going, I mean, you just went really deep with it, mm-hmm. Dr. Ritar. He does. He tends He's to like, go really totally deep. Totally deep. I think, I mean, people want to run away from fear. You know, they don't want to like hit it head on. And here you are, you're like turning around like, <laughs> no, hit it, look at it and hit it head on. I mean, that's a crazy concept, well, but one that sounds like it works. It, it always works. It really does work. And I think that when you're dealing with cancer, especially, people have incredible amounts of fear to strange things. You know, I, I have never seen, I bet they, there's probably never been a study on this, but the correlation between phobias and patients that have cancer, you know, how many people are scared of enclosed spaces, enclosed, uh, scared of heights, scared of spiders, scared of, I mean, it's, every cancer patient seems to have one or two phobias. And I encourage them, for example, when we dive them in the hyperbaric chambers, a lot of people have a problem with that, and I encourage them. And if you, if whatever you find, in fact, our first uh, week, we tell them, find something that you're fearful of and move into it. Find something that you're resistant to and move into it. Because that, it, it, it's, a, it's a practice type thing. You know, every, the more you do it, the more you start realizing, hey, it wasn't that bad. Hey, I actually did that. Hey, I'm still alive. Hey, I survived this. And the more you have these successes, the more you realize that these, these fears that we have that paralyze us, that prevent us from actually moving into that resistance, Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's it's nothing. It's in our mind. I mean, think of fear. What, what does fear smell like? What does it you know weigh? What, what does it feel like? It's not tangible. Well, and in the in the animal it. kingdom, I, I think fear is. We've talked a little bit about the pheromones you put off when you're you're living yeah. as a victim, right? Uh, yeah. And yeah. that also means people may prey on you. The doctors often like even in Liana's case mm-hmm. to say she mm-hmm. has to have a vaccine. Right. She didn't know right. better. And at that point, she was prey to them. Right. Mm-hmm. And now she knows years later. Oh, my gosh, I didn't had no idea. So right. you just try to had go. I have known th- mm-hmm. these kinds of things now. There's no way that would have happened. No way. Right. So uh, just out of curiosity, what type of vaccine did they give you? 
You remember? You know, I don't remember the name of it, but I do remember asking him what the ingredients were. Oh, yeah? I, I, you know, I was so upset, and I was like, I was crying. I'm like, look, I cre have created this thing. It's called the Earth Diet. We don't put these kinds of things in our body. It's just not right. I'm like, well, what's the ingredients in it? And he said some ridiculous things, and I'm pretty sure there was like eggshells. I remember hearing mercury, just like all wow. bad stuff. I wonder which one, if they gave DPT or I don't know what they do for immigrants. Anyway, I started drinking a lot of bentonite clay right after that. I was like, I'm going to detox this out. Mm -hmm. It's not staying in my you body. Know, I noticed that uh, in um, Sydney when I was flying through there last, which was about uh, four months and five months ago, and they they have two different scanners, the regular metal one and then the, the five millimeter one, and they arbitrarily pull people. And I got pulled for the five millimeter, so of course I, you know, wanted to opt out. And they said they don't have an opt out, and it became a hallelujah. They just wouldn't let me. They said, "No, this you can't opt out here. This isn't America. You got to go through this." And I said, "I'm not going through it." Yeah. And you know, it went. Oh, wow. I, they basically told me that I had to go back and wait till tomorrow and come through. And if and they said the same thing could happen, but they said I could not opt out. And I mean, I started raising my voice, and then they're raising their voice, and then there's a couple of people come over. And then they called a supervisor. I went through five supervisors. I was there for 45 minutes. Okay, my, <laughs> wow. my son had already gone through. And uh -huh. finally, the senior supervisor comes up, and he's kind of like, look, he's a real tall guy, and he kind of looks over at me, and he kind of leans forward, and he says, "All right, sir, go ahead." And he just, you know, it was that belligerence that we were talking about, Robert, yep. before yep. Uh, a couple of weeks ago on the, mm -hmm. the Supreme Court justice who said that those who are swayed by honeyed words um, give up their freedom, um, freedom comes at a cost of sustained combat and belligerence. And if you're not willing to be belligerent and, and engage in sustained combat, you basically yeah. give up your, your freedom. Well, and, and so Dr. Anyway, Dr. Batar, that's what I said. Uh, one of my, the points on stage when we were talking about vaccines, I don't think it was in the panel, but it might have been in my talk, uh, where I mentioned, you know, you've got to be willing to defend your life, defend your children's life when you know what's at risk with these vaccines. And that's where my, my friend Michael Bednarik says, you know, when I asked him about mandated vaccines, he says, this is what I have to say. Uh, Doc, you bring the syringe, I'll bring my 45, and we'll see who makes a bigger hole. And there are people that just, they don't know what to make of that. But I'm not inciting violence. I'm saying they need to know that you are willing to defend yourself to the death. And when they know you're that serious, look what happens. Mm -hmm. they, they back down because mm -hmm. they're not wanting to go there. Yeah, it's, it's the herd mentality, too, I think, um, I was surprised to see some of the people uh, at the airport in Orlando that I would have thought would be would know better. Um, I won't say who they were, but I remember mm -hmm. um, some of the people that were were speakers, and they just went through the five millimeter thing. And I mean, I you know I get I've got global entry, so I kind of go through TSA pre-check, so I don't have to go through that. Global but, entry, uh, gotta yeah. love that TSA pre-check. Yes. Yeah, but yeah. maybe they don't yeah. know, you know, because I didn't know until someone told me, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. But the, out, the, EM, the EM fields are real. Uh, ionizing radiation is real. Of course, the millimeter wave technology is, in fact, penetrating the skin and cause, causing chromosomal damage. We know that. And, you know, it's not like one time, one pass through, you're going to suddenly be ravaged with cancer. But we've got an accumulation all around us everywhere we go. Now we've got EM field disruption due to cell towers and computers and on and on. So we have to be diligent and belligerent in defense because we can't control every aspect. But I think we're asked, as I've said many times, Dr. Batar, that which we have genuine control over, I think we should take that control. I completely agree. And I think that the more people that rise to that occasion and take as much control as they can, you know, the better we are as a population. But fear must be eliminated 
it must be eliminated on a consistent basis because it's very insidious and starts to work itself in. And with that, before we even know it, we're being motivated by fear. So the key oh, thing wow. to remember is that we want to be motivated by love and not motivated by fear. Beautifully said. Motivated Crazy. by love. Amazing. Well, I'm so glad that uh, Dr. Batar and Leona Warner-Gray got to connect this time Woo-hoo! as well. Awesome. Uh, we got a lot more healing to go. Advanced Medicine, MedicalRewind.com. Hundreds and hundreds of hours of advanced medicine together here on the program. Today, our first time with Leona Warner-Gray. Awesome. And uh, loving this uh, discussion. I may talk about a, a fear I had to overcome just yesterday. Oh, on the break. interesting. The Robert Scott on the break. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Bureaucrats and corporations that would stand in the way of health freedom. Here's Robert. All right. Uh, Dr. Batar, Liana doesn't want to hog the show. She knows this is a special hour for you and me to talk. So. Yeah, I just came on to say hi and just catch up with you guys. And the truth about Cancer Summit was amazing. Oh, awesome. So, awesome. So unless you have a question or comment for Liana, she's going she's gonna to take a hike. Yeah, no problem. Well, Liana, it's great talking to you. Um, Check your texting, the, the WhatsApp. That's the only way I can communicate when I'm international. So, um, Okay, awesome. We'll, we'll connect that way. All right. Yeah, uh, totally care. awesome. Great. All right, bye, guys. Great having you on. Bye-bye. Thanks for having me on, Robert Scott Bell. Thank you. All right, Dr. Batar. So where are we going from here? That's the next question. We've got a lot of healing to do. Uh, again, I, I come back to the experience we had with the truth about cancer. It's quite a unique thing. And, and, and you know, as we know, and I talk about this, uh, it's not that everybody on stage agrees with everybody on stage. And, I, and, and But that's okay. I mean, the thing is, diversity of thought and opinion, you know, people resonate, like we've talked about. People come to you and you feel like, nah, you know, this is this is not going to work. But there's somebody out there for somebody to get help from. And uh, I'm not I'm not averse to engaging in dialogue with people who I disagree with. Yeah, I'm definitely. Is there a specific uh, component we're talking about? No, I mean, I just I just think, it, you know, it's interesting there that, you know, the, the, there's an absolutist agenda. We talk principally that you know we've got to clean up what comes into our body we got to get rid of the things and get them out of the body we you know you and I agree a lot about the ways to do this but there are other people you know that focus more on fasting there you know there's so many things there's some people that say the ketogenic thing is going on i don't necessarily agree that that's right for everybody or that is even the key for cancer uh, overcoming but i'm glad that the information is getting out there that people can think about things that they never thought about and the mainstream media is not covering yeah, I would agree with that, Robert. I would agree that there is a lot of um, confusion sometimes that's created because various speakers are, their own opinions are in contradiction with the opinions of other speakers. And so that unfortunately contributes to further confusion among the attendees. And mm-hmm. oftentimes you've noticed that at the panels when people um, right. come up to ask questions, those questions are, you know, and everybody's got a little different twist on it, different answer to it. But uh, I think that's uh, that's a good point to make because I personally, um, you and I personally seem to have a very similar philosophy in most things. And um, 
In fact, I don't think we've really had anything that we're really adamantly opposed to um, from each other's uh, stances. There may be certain, you know, I may disagree with you here, or you may disagree with me there, but I think as a general consensus, we're pretty much uh, locked on. And I think that's because philosophically our motivators are very similar. Like, for example, we believe in um, sustainability, we believe in freedom of choice, we believe in um, using physiology uh, as our as our template in healing a person as opposed to pharmacology. Mm-hmm. And I mean, those type of general traits we seem to have consensus on. So I think people have to now listen to the message that they're hearing and decide, does this message resonate with me? And if it doesn't, then you probably want to move on to somebody else where the message resonates better with you. And yeah. this is one of the things we were talking about with doctors. Remember, how do you decide which doctor is going to help you? Right, which doctor right. are you going to listen to? Which doctor are you going to get treatment from? I remember, you know, in that panel, I mean, there were some interesting points that, you know, obviously as a moderator, I just kind of moved the energy through and hopefully make it somehow flow. But at one point I I yelled out because it was a question about medical education. If you remember that woman, she was practically crying and she was a a younger doctor. And, you know, I threw out the the concept of master apprentice relationships as as the age old way that we would learn to become masters in any field, including healers or medicine. And we've lost sight of that and we've kind of watered it down to a you know, a lowest common denominator, which is why you've leapt into what you call advanced medicine, and right, rightly so. Yeah, I think that that question was, did you, notice the, did you notice how some of the people answered that question? Because there were two or three people that answered the question, and I had no, I looked at Dr. Quinlan, and I whispered to him, I said, did, did I miss that, or what, what, what did that have to do with that question? And Dr. Quinlan looked at me, and he said, I think somebody just had a stroke. And we started, you know, we kind of laughed about it, but mm. the question was a very, very specific question on, for a medical student, you know, what did they do? And I think there was a question, there was an answer given about something about the gut. There was something, you thought, do you remember that? Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't remember the specific response, but yeah, well, it was sort of like incongruent to the question. There was no qu- question about that. But when we, right, uh, right. We'll, we'll talk about this more on the break. Those of you watching on YouTube with Dr. Batar here, Arspell Media Channel. Remember, medicalrewind.com, all the audio archives specific to advanced medicine. As well as, uh, remember, folks, uh, if you haven't gotten it yet, the international bestseller written in many languages now. It's called The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away. Uh, we mentioned maybe the Van VCD as well for the vaccinated against unvaccinated study. And, uh, of course, you updated the AHEAD map. It's open now. The revolution will be broadcast. The Robert Scott Bell Show. The information is so good, it requires no expiration date. The Robert Scott Bell Show. I realize we're not hitting a lot of the stories that are in the notes today, folks, but that's okay. You can read it. You can read the links as such. And, uh, you know, we'll carry on like we do here on the show, having great conversation uh, with Dr. Batar doing advanced medicine. I mentioned that the uh, head map was open. Is that true? You announced it uh, at, at the, uh, I think, at the panel or at the lecture. Yeah, we have already had 1,700 people that have... Uh, um, registered and uh, done the head map or, or partially completed the head map. But, uh, Robert, one thing I forgot to mention, we can we can say advan- um, medical rewind for the radio shows, they're archived, but they're actually going to be archived also at advancedmedicine.com, which is live. Excellent. So people can go there and uh, register. You need to 
give out your invitation code because without the invitation code, you can't really log in. They okay, adv- all right. Super Don, pay attention to this because we're going to have to add the advancedmedicine.com link into the notes and let them know for the invitation code for Robert Scott Bell Show watchers and listeners, it's 1358. 1358. 1358. And I'll add that to uh, to there for you, Super D. And we can put out the advanced medicine with the invitation code. So anybody that wants to participate with the AHEAD map, I'm covering you. As you said, Ty was covering it there. I'm covering it here. Right. And so basically when they go to advancedmedicine.com, you're just going to register for free using that invitation code because you need an invitation code to get in. And then you have immediate access to the AHEAD map, but also to VanVCD right through there. If you go to the assessment tools, Mm-hmm. Um, on link on the menu bar, then you can see the Van VCD, you can see the head map, and we'll have a lot of other interesting comment there. And on the bottom right-hand corner of the home page on your dashboard, you can also click and listen to the Advanced Medicine uh, Monday radio shows, the one they'll be all archived there. Excellent, excellent. Well, that's great news. Uh, folks, a lot more healing to go, and each and every week we, uh, we bring it. And again, whether we're talking about uh, serious heavy metals over the years, we've done that a lot. Whether we're talking cancer, we talked autism, and sometimes, again, it's just covering things in the news in a way you won't hear it. Because part of my lecture, I did talk about the way that the media manipulates the worldview. So it gives you the perception, for instance, that there are no cures for cancer, and that if there were, they would be the ones covering it. And that's why people come to you and say, hey, if you're so you know truthful about this, why doesn't everybody know it? Well, it's because they're paid very well not to know it. And if your livelihood depends upon you not seeing something, you're going to find a way to not see that something. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Robert. Completely agree. This so, is one uh, of those things. Go ahead. That, I was just going to say this is one of the things that, you know, when people start paying attention, when they become aware, that's half the battle. A lot of times we go through things. This is one of the things we were talking about going back to that lecture. The thoughts and memories have emotions, and we can't control the thoughts or the memories, but we can certainly control the emotions that are associated with that. But a lot of times we react viscerally and we don't think about the emotion that's associated with that thought or memory. But if we now become conscious of it and, and actively engage in changing that emotion, but that's, that's part of the battle is recognizing it. So just becoming aware that that's, there's an emotion associated with that thought and memory, then mm-hmm. we can e- more easily uh, be able to change it and not elicit the same visceral response that we normally would. Yeah, it's 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 such an important part of uh, you know the recognition when we go advanced medicine to recognize the the totality of where these diseases originate from. As you talk so eloquently and and with great passion and heart about the emotional aspect, psychological, the spiritual aspect of healing, and what you know what you have been going through recently, and it just it just you know it opened the hearts of so many. I don't think it, it, many had seen you in that way, and uh, I'm sure that you were embraced a lot that weekend everywhere you went yeah i actually was and it was very refreshing and it was very rewarding and i cannot tell you how many notes were passed to me how many people came up and hugged me i probably gave 250 300 hugs during that weekend i mean i probably hugged at at least uh you know a fifth or sixth or a significant portion probably 20 percent of that crowd i probably Mm -hmm. That may be exaggeration, but I can certainly tell you that, you know, my staff was picking lint off my jacket and everything because I guess I had hugged so many people. It was like (laughs) some people's clothes on me, but um, there were there was a lot of people that were moved by the message. I was surprised actually, and uh, had at least half a dozen people 
that said things to the extent of they, they didn't expect to have uh, received such a message. It was beyond their expectations, or now I know why I came. And what was really remarkable, and I, I couldn't believe this, uh, Dr. Guillory, one of my associates, uh, had one person that came up to him, and then he introduced the person to me because they were waiting in line to get a picture. And then I had two myself that directly came up to me, and then I had one more that came up to one of my staff members, Davina. So a total of four people, all who didn't know each other, all who watched the presentation on the computer screen, and then got in their cars and drove to the conference and bought a ticket to attend. Yeah, I, I saw some lo- local people that did that. They were like, wait, wait, this is close to me? Why, why am I not there? And I said well, to people, all, go ahead. So I was just going to say, they all four came up uh, to us and wanted an autograph, a picture, and they said they watched that pre- my presentation, and that's what compelled me to do that. And nice. Ty really, Ty was actually shocked. But I'm sorry, go ahead. No, Ty was shocked. I know. It's so funny. He still has trouble saying nice things about you, but he couldn't help it. You overwhelmed even him. Well, we, he was uh, giving me a hug. Uh, I think he, right. I think it was the day before the first day. Maybe it was the second day. I can't remember. And um, I guess somebody took a couple of pictures, and he whispers to me. I mean, it was a you know, it was an emotional thing that we were talking about something, and and that was a long hug, like maybe ten, fifteen seconds. And uh, you know, he he whispers in my ear, "Love you, brother." And you know, we're we're hugging tight. Yes. And then he says, "Dude." The people taking pictures, this isn't good for our reputation. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to say, if you tell anybody that I hugged you and told you I loved you, I will deny it. Well, the problem was it was right in public. It was on the side, you know, so and it was mm. so funny because we kind of immediately pushed each other away. <laughs> but, but just, <laughs> yeah. It was just a, you know, quite, like a little like five, six second silence. And he goes, dude, the people snapping pictures, this isn't good for our reputation. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's really, really great. Like you said, you, you, you brought a lot of people to tears. Uh, it was such an emotional and heartfelt, uh, you know, and raw, if you will, uh, um, open discussion from you about, you know, very th- things that you're very passionate about. But you're you're a living testament, living example as to what you were talking about. You often talk about preaching w- with without saying anything. Of course, in a lecture, we're asked to speak, but you let your life be the example for what you were teaching. So, folks, if you missed it. Uh, and if they do the replay again and we'll find a way to watch it for free or get on the truth about cancer live, I'm sure we have a link in the show notes. You can actually purchase the DVDs. This is, you know, this is a keeper. This is one you can share, uh, for generations. They'll see, they'll feel palpable, uh, what that message is. I think they're actually replaying it this coming weekend. Yeah, you're right. I think the replay weekend is coming up. Yeah. Yeah. So, folks, get ready for that. We'll have links up as I'm heading out to the West Coast up, uh, the Pacific Northwest. Uh, this week, I had a question from a listener. I answered it uh, before the show, in fact, on a separate YouTube. But I wanted to get your perspective on ulcerative colitis. You know, I, I obviously lecture on the silver aloe, and I'm not the one that says it's the only way to go. I find it to be a very rapid route of remediation for any uh, epithelial skin or ex- external or internal uh, damage. But uh, have you had a lot of patients come in with colitis in your practice? Because I don't want to see them get their, their guts ripped out by uh, GI docs. Uh, we don't have a lot of colitis. Uh, we have some uh, ulcerative colitis, some Crohn's, uh, some general bowel inflammatory conditions or inflammatory bowel conditions, I should say. But it's not a it's not a huge part of uh, our practice. And um, certainly, the key to that, as you and I have talked about off the air before, and I think maybe he did a show years back. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes down to the biome and. 
I think our friend Jordan Rubin is a great testament of a person who was able to change his gut ecology and resolve his pretty significant uh, ulcerative colitis. Maybe he had Crohn's, I can't remember. Yeah, he was wasting away as a a young man. And I had, you know, a similar path, although I wasn't as wasted as he was in that sense. And I used homeopathy and went on organic foods and did herbs and things. And so I transformed my body and it took me about two full years. Like I talked to people, I said, I want to make it as simple, as quick as possible, not by shortcutting anything, but making more efficient the possibility for healing. And that's why I've uh, connected with the use of the silver and the aloe particularly. And and there are other minerals that can help like silica. Uh, But, you know, I'm not saying it's the only way to go. People talk about all glutamine as well. I just try to be as efficient like the martial arts with what we know, can we make it more efficient without like shortcutting and pretending that we're well, like taking prednisone. It's like, oh, my symptoms went away. No, that's not healing. Although the naturopaths at the college I was uh, lecturing at a GI conference uh, some years ago, they still uh, utilize medicines like that, drugs like that. So uh, even the naturopaths have kind of diminished in their naturopathy. Yeah, I think one of the things that we can take natural anti-inflammatories or a natural anti-inflammatory type substances. So aloe is a great one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, uh, I know you use silver too and uh, silica, as you mentioned, but then also a broad spectrum probiotic mm-hmm. and general substances that could be considered anti-inflammatory in nature, um, more more natural things like arnica or whatever. And then, right. um, of course, you probably got some suggestions on other homeopathy, other homeopathy uh, interventions that could be also utilized. But Mm-hmm. Um, generally speaking, it's it's not a hard thing to deal with. It just takes a it takes a significant amount of time, and then of course you've got the other issue, which is the cachexia that comes along, and they've got an absorption and an assimilation issue that needs to be uh, worked right. out. Yeah, I mentioned that last hour we had a cannabis update, and how um, you know that's the reason for the THC side of cannabis, which would typically make a person high if they smoke it, but it also is the appetite stimulating side, whereas the CBD will be the uh, anxiety reduction side, although it tends to work in the in the gut, too, for a, a GI-centered uh, seizure activity, for instance. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, the second, they said the second brain uh, is the is the gut. So there's a lot of neuro, uh, a lot of neuropeptides that are found inside the uh, mesenteric plexus and within the uh, within the various areas of the gastrointestinal system. So mm-hmm. I think secretin is one, one of the big ones. That, or, or, mo- most of the neuropeptides are found in the gut. So uh, is that what you were referring to when you just said that? Exactly. And, and Dr. Batar, let me ask before we go to this break, do you have any upcoming public events, lectures, or doctor events that you're speaking at that some of our folks listening around the world might want to attend? Uh, well, I've, the, there, was a, there was a couple of lectures that were supposed to be going on in Toronto, Vancouver, and uh, Edmonton, those have been postponed till March now. Okay. And uh, then I'm supposed to be at AAIM in the uh, first week of November in Orlando again. Oh, nice. All right. Well, I'll, I'll look forward to seeing you then if I'm in town, and I think I will be. Uh, plan some bonus time. I know how busy you are, but let's get together. Awesome. All right. Stick around. We got a skeptic alert. Skeptic alert about home remedies to wrap up Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rasha Bittar right here on the Robert Scavell Show. Remember, advancedmedicine.com. Your invitation code is 1358. The Robert Scavell Show. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scavell Show. 
Scott Bell Show. Scott Bell Show. Check out the links at robertscottbell.com, including now to advancedmedicine.com, which will also take you to the archives that we always you were going to, medicalrewind.com. Also, the whole show is available through iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, UK Health Radio, and SoundCloud, as well as GCN, our home and broadcast radio syndication and radio stations around the country and around the world. Uh, advancedmedicine.com, the invitation code to take part uh, in the... Um, well, the significant head map, and we've discussed it over the years, but it's really wide open now. The invitation code for Robert Scott Bell Show listeners and watchers, one three five eight thirteen fifty eight. Now, Dr. Batar, it's not that everything natural is safe or not that everything natural is good for you, but those that would argue that basically anybody that uses anything natural and should be on a drug, uh, they try to equate natural as everything is toxic like arsenic. And, of course, this means it's time for, uh, I think, what's called a skeptic alarm. <laughs> they like to call us quacks, but they're the ones doing the quacking. So uh, the dangers of home, using home remedies for serious illness, their argument is always, well, if it's homeopathy, we know it's not going to kill you, but... You might not be using something that you should be using, like a toxic drug that could kill you, which makes it somehow legitimate. But oftentimes they use a straw man argument. And Super Don, you know, well, like explain a straw man argument that they'll often use. Well, okay, in this in this particular case, they like to, to use what they call a logical fallacy, which is called an appeal to nature. Okay. And so if you say, you know what, I like natural things because everything natural is good for you. Now I, I have never met anybody in, in all the time that I've been working on this show and stuff like that where anybody has actually said, if it's natural, it's good for me, okay, as a blanket statement because, listen, in these, skepti these skeptics, they will always go to the extreme example to be like, uh, sharks are natural and, and they're not good for you, or the volcanoes are natural and uh, they're not good for you. You know, it, it's, it just kills me because I've never heard anybody say, I'm going to cure my cancer by jumping into a pool of sharks. <laughs> or I've, a volcano. Never, I've never had any, seen anybody go, I, I'm going to eat I, asbestos. I don't, think that, I don't think they'd have much of a problem with sharks. Um, I mean, they wouldn't have much of a problem with cancer. If you think about it, if they jump in with a pool of sharks, right? Cancer would rather not be their issue anymore. No, you're right. It's a much bigger consideration. Yeah. But here's the thing, uh, and and these skeptics, they like to point out these logical fallacies, but what they don't understand is when they go to that extreme and they say, well, asbestos is natural, and that's not good for you, that is a total, that is a fallacy in itself, because that's called a straw man argument, which what you do is you misrepresent the other person's are, uh, you know, point of view or right. position to make it easier to try and discredit. They've never and, done that in trying to attack you, Dr. Batar, right? Never. Never, never experienced that before. No, I mean, it's so it's it's their classic M.O., if you will. And, you know, because they can't take you head on in terms of uh, what you actually do and the science that supports it. And as you talked about, standard of care in medicine is so substandard. That's why you had to establish advanced medicine. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, you know, it's interesting uh, when Superdome was explaining that uh, you used a very specific term. You said appeal to nature, right? They used the. Appeal to nature, is that right, what you said? 
Yes, which basically means if I am more in favor of natural things than I am in man-made or synthetic things, that it's a fallacy because I'm saying that anything that's natural is good for you. Which, I've again, right. I've never heard anybody say that before. I mean, there's common yeah. sense and logic that should be injected into the discussion where obviously I'm not going to you know, run into a tree uh, with my <laughs> face. Because it's natural. <laughs> because it's natural, right. you know? Well, I was going to say, since you said appeal to nature, I would say that people that are dealing with this type of an issue, with this type of uh, argument, I would encourage them to appeal to their intellect. What <laughs> message appeals to yes. your intellect? And um, it, you know, it'll resonate with you and, and guide you to what the right conclusion should be. So if, if the argument is um, appeal to nature, then see if it has an appeal to your intellect. And uh, pretty much you, you, you can, you know, it's like one of those things. This could, couldn't this be like a, one of those moment or does type of thing that you guys do? The moment It should be. Moment it could be, yeah. yeah. Be, but you're right. When you're saying appeal to intellect, unfortunately, the skeptics don't want to engage intellectually. That's the irony here. Yeah. They claim the mantle yeah. of science and intelligentsia, but then they yell and scream at you, and then they make up straw man arguments and say, but but even we've been you know honest with integrity about the discussion, because you know, one of the things, and we're about out of time here, when we talk about uh, synthetic amino acids with uh, chelation, it's not natural, but it is appropriate because we're dealing with massive mercury burdens. Dr. Bittar, we're yep. out of time, so please do what you do so well. Tell them what they need to know before we got to go. The power to heal is unequivocally yours. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Robert Scott Bell Show.